Hey everybody and welcome to the 5 Bytes Podcast. I'm your host, Rory Monahan. The podcast is brought to you by my sponsors, Goliath Technologies, who help IT pros to be proactive, anticipate, troubleshoot, and prevent end-user experience issues, regardless of where IT workloads or users are located. And also by Liquidware, creators of FlexApp, Profile Unity, and Stratosphere UX, a one-stop shop for all your end-user computing management, and monitoring needs. If you enjoy the podcast each week, you have them to thank. And now for some news. Unfortunately, it seemed pretty inevitable, but that zero-day patch for IE that many of us rushed to deploy before the holidays has had some repercussions. The biggest of which, in my opinion, is that after installing KB4467691, Windows may fail to start up on certain Lenovo laptops that have less than 8 gigs of memory. The recommended workaround is to restart the affected machine using the UEFI, then disable secure boot and restart. If BitLocker is enabled on your machine, you may have to go through BitLocker recovery after secure boot has been disabled. Microsoft is currently working with Lenovo and will provide an update in an upcoming release. Lenovo's have become pretty popular in the enterprise, so I'm sure this has caused hardship for some. Another listed issue is that after installing this update, some users cannot pin a web link on the start menu or in the taskbar. So Microsoft is working on a solution and will provide an update in an upcoming release. It's kind of typical. There wasn't a very large window to get this deployed before the holidays. It just sucks that it cause problems for some. Windows 10 preview version 18.305 is now available for those in the fast ring. Some of the highlights include the ability to unpin a folder or group of tiles in the start menu and the ability to uninstall more of those pesky inbox apps that most sane organizations don't want in their image. Also included is a new tamper protection feature in Windows Defender, which provides additional protections against changes to key security features, including limiting changes which are not made directly through the Windows Security app. I'm not sure exactly what those changes entail. Hopefully this is not something that becomes too restrictive that puts people off. The preview also supports setting up and signing into Windows with a phone number account without having to create or deal with the hassle of a password. If you have a Microsoft account with your phone number, you can use an SMS code to sign in and set up your account on Windows 10. Once you've set up your account, you can then use Windows Hello Face, Fingerprint, or a PIN to sign into Windows 10. No password needed anywhere. I saw some bloggers and some tech journalists reporting on the future of Windows 10 being passwordless, and this is a preview of that, and it's available in 1035. In this preview, you can also tell Cortana to set yourself some reminders in the To-Do app. I've been a big fan of the To-Do app since it was added as an Office 365 app. It's cool that it's also available as a standalone app on Windows 10 now. Now this could just be my personal setup and my laptop is quite old, but I did try to install this particular preview from the fast ring and it rolled back after reboot. I haven't had a chance to troubleshoot it yet with it being the holidays, and I hope that it's not an issue for others out there. There's many more enhancements and new features in this preview. For a full list, check out blogs.windows.com. Also now available to those in the fast ring is the new Office app for Windows 10. 
According to ZDNet, My Office, which is the name of the app, allows users to find and install all their Office 365 subscription-related components from a single place. It allows users to view and edit their recent documents, find tips, see their subscription benefits, and more. To me, it sounds like an app version of the Office 365 portal as you log in, but this is compatible with any Office variant, including Office 2016 and 2019, which is perpetual license. The article suggests this is a progressive web app, which makes sense. Starting in the summer of 2019, new Windows 10 devices will ship with this Office app already installed. Last week, NVIDIA posted a pretty cool article and accompanying video. John Storms and Lee Franzen, two NVIDIA engineers based in Austin, Texas, have been rivals in the Christmas decoration game for decades. The competition was being judged by a local Girl Scout group. John Storms took home the prize. Storms used NVIDIA Quadro M1000M graphics on a PC to coordinate the sequence and render his lights, which included 6,300 individual color-controlled pixels and several thousand regular LED lights. Storms said he stopped counting lights several years ago after surpassing 25,000. You really want to check out this video to see how impressive this is. Considering the ages of the judges, Storms cleverly decided to include music. His light show was a lighting sequence to the song Baby Shark, and the result is worthy of the Vegas trip. So definitely check that out. I'll share it with the reference links for this episode. You'll find on 5bytespodcast.com under episode 52 reference links or in the YouTube description. Mac security expert Patrick Wardle is at it again. This week publishing an extensive article with examples of a pretty nasty Mac malware. An exploit which was used by a group who targeted individuals working for governments in the Middle East. Taha Karim of Dark Matters was credited as a source for the original talk on this malware. The skinny of it is, it works when a user visits a malicious site. The site triggers downloads of a malicious and automatically unzips if the user uses Safari, which if you use Safari on a Mac, you'll be familiar with that behavior. The OS automatically registers the app's custom URL scheme handlers. A website loads custom URL scheme, and then the OS automatically launches malicious application to handle customer URL requests with user's permission. The research shows the signing certificate has been revoked, which suggests Apple is already aware of the exploit. Ars Technica reported that the control servers the malware contacts are no longer available on the internet. That means any infected computers aren't in danger of being surveilled any longer. Also, in fairness, the number of detections has slowly risen in the day since Wardle published his analysis. Also, while at the time of the study, only Kapersky and Zone Alarm detected the sample file as malicious, but now more are also flagging it. It's a little concerning that seemingly Apple knew about this malware, but antivirus vendors did not update their definitions, possibly because Apple didn't share. Uh, That's unclear at this time. If you work in end-user computing and would like to go to an affordable community conference in 2019, I suggest you check out the EUC Master's Retreat in Scottsdale, Arizona, which will be held on May 3rd through the 5th. It will likely be my last tech event in the U.S. for 2019. The location is awesome. It's Old Town Scottsdale, which has great bars and restaurants, and the hotel is known for its pools and poolside cabanas. 
I suspect this week's episode may not get too many plays due to the holiday, so I'll be sure to feature this one again. For those involved in the Citrix user group community, Apps Anywhere tweeted a few days ago that they would love to get involved. They would be a great sponsor for your CGC events. They offer a -a one-of-a-kind end-user experience through their portal that integrates all great application delivery products, including Citrix Virtual Apps and Desktop, VMware Horizon, Parallels RAS, Microsoft App V, Numescent Cloud Paging, and more. I featured them in my most recent talk at MVP Days Online. And now for this week's hot job. One of the most exciting tech companies in the world, NVIDIA, have hundreds of available jobs, the majority of which are located at their headquarters in Santa Clara, California. But they also have jobs available in New York, North Carolina, Wisconsin, and even globally via India, Germany, Russia, Poland, Netherlands, Sweden, Hong Kong, China, Russia, Taiwan, Japan, Canada, Sweden. I said Sweden twice. (laughs) Israel, Finland, Singapore, Korea, France, Mexico, and more. I'm not sure why I listed so many and then had the and more, but (laughs) I did. The jobs range from everything from a server engineer, system engineer, product manager, software test engineers on a more technical side, but also on the non-technical side, sales and account management and many more jobs. There's literally hundreds. Like I said, they are one of the most exciting companies out there. So definitely worth considering if you're looking for a new opportunity. And now for this week's scripts, tricks, and tips. Bear Can shared some great help for successfully deleting age discovery data in SCCM, pointing out that the built-in functionality for clearing this doesn't always do what it's supposed to. And if this has been a problem for you in your environment, you'll want to check out this article for info on how to truly delete this data. Not only does Umar provide a how-to to get this done, He also suggests why the built-in functionality doesn't work the way it should and gets into various different aspects of clearing the data. This is episode 52 of the podcast. And as such, the first week of January will actually be the one-year anniversary of the podcast. I'd like to thank everybody for listening, streaming, downloading, or however you consume the podcast. It's been really humbling to see how successful this has been so far. I'm thinking about changing it up from the next episode since the next episode will be the year mark. I'm going to do like a retrospective. I'll still feature some of the more recent news for the last week, but I also like to go into a retrospective of what happened in tech in 2018, maybe list out some of the best scripts, tricks and tips of the year, and a little bit of info on some evergreen job opportunities that I noticed from researching for the podcast. I'm also thinking about changing the format of the show a little bit, and I'll share more information with you guys next week. As always, thank you so much for listening.